Oh, wrong one. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that sound. Uh, welcome to Conspiracy Beer Me. I'm Justin. I'm Shane. And you are listening to the podcast that's making conspiracies fun again. Today we're going to talk about all things paranormal with our guest uh, who has a lifelong experiences, a, a life of, of uh, experiences. With Absolutely. Paranormal things. Yeah. Uh, we are here. We are uh, thankful. If you're not a patron, please consider uh, shooting us a little bit of money for uh, bonus episodes galore. Yeah, we got a lot. We a lot, lot of back catalog. Yeah, we were, we were really thinking the other day, like, man, we've been really doing this for a long time, and goddamn, we're tired. Yeah, that's like 400 episodes. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. Oh, man, I'm like... Yeah, and two of them, 200 of them yeah, aren't I, even out. Like, that's, I'm like... We need to we need to fucking catch an ET or something soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've been trying. I'm driving you know? through bad neighborhoods. I'm just looking for any because they don't come to my hood. I'm like, I gotta go to a different hood, find these fucking better, aliens. That's gonna get you canceled. Yeah, that sounded a little racist. Uh, I'm gonna delete all that. Don't worry, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> ETs don't go to white neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna delete all that. It's gonna um, be fine. Uh, we've already had a lot the food's of beer. Not good there. Where in white neighborhood? Oh, absolutely! I'd go where the seasoning is. Yeah, you got you, you. Yeah, you go. If you Did come to this planet, you're not going. No, you're not eating uh, small plates. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, you're going where the good food is. We're off the rails already. That's how this podcast <laughs> works. That's <laughs> yeah. why you listen. Uh, we're a podcast. Try to keep it uh, fun. We mm-hmm. drink beer. We're drinking Hot Fly Crunch Time Lager. This is our sponsor. They're out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. They make and delicious. Charlotte and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. They make delicious beer. They do, yeah. We've had a lot of great ones. They have so many. They have. I don't understand how they do it. Honestly, they have a thousand different beers. I think this might be a secret, and this might be getting us canceled from having a sponsor. But I bet they just put new labels on the same beer. I don't think that's. I don't think that's accurate. I think you're right because I, I still want I them mean, to look, give us beer. Well, I'll say this: this is not just endemic to them, but like all these different IPAs, it's like all you're doing is really changing the name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. This one's called Sticky Mitts. Oh, yeah. wait. No, it's not. What is this? Yeah, it's called Oh, sticky, it is Sticky Mitts. Sticky, okay. Sticky. Yeah, that, nice. Yeah, like, okay. I, I get it. You know, usually they're, usually IPAs have a real, a real violent streak to their names. You ever they notice? They do, it? yeah. It's like yeah. Death by Hops or yeah. Hopsecutioner. Or yeah, that's true. I like a good piece, hops up peaceful my beer. Ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drink it that way. Yeah. Well, um, I'll keep drinking them. Keep supplying them. They're great beers. Uh, and even if you are just slapping a new name on the same beer, I will never know. Yeah, it's great. I don't have any problem. Do whatever no, I you love want. It. Yeah. I mean, um, but that that's that's my plug for our sponsor. Perfect. I did a horrible job. Why is it so hard for us to get sponsors? <laughs> it's weird. Because we're I terrible have, at this. No idea. Uh, no idea. But uh, other than that, I don't think we have anything anything else no. to, to, to talk about. No, I'm Join ready to Join the get patron. Started. Drink beer. Yeah. Uh, I smoked a, a dumpster joint recently. Yeah, that's right. I... Uh, I'll be in Florida next week. If you're in Florida, come see me in Tallahassee or Pensacola. Nice. I'm headlining three shows down there. Other than that, I got nothing else. You're headlining uh, with our friend Mark I'm Brady. I'm featuring for Mark. Featuring with, this will uh, come out after the, both of our shows, so I uh, hope you oh, were there. So, fuck you for not <laughs> yeah, showing sorry up, you, you missed it. it was a great time. Probably, it's crazy. <laughs> I threw so much money into the crowd that they actually yelled, stop. Because yeah. they're like, we don't even have I gave everybody space. a joint in yeah. all my shows. Everybody yeah, came. it was an awesome time. It was great. Uh, well, then on that note, it's great to bring in our guest. <laughs> Absolutely. Who uh, is joining us uh, remotely via Atlanta, North uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. you got to cut this out. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm belching up 
I took a Viagra earlier. I wasn't even going to yeah. talk about this. Yeah, does that cause acid reflux? I think it does. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm hurting. I'm hurting, but I'm sticking it in the pocket. No, I I'm appreciate drinking that. And uh, bringing in our guest. <laughs> uh, very funny guy out of Atlanta, Georgia. Please welcome, for the first time on the show, Jared Harris. Welcome. Oh, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Appreciate y'all having me on. Um, yeah. Um, now, you were drinking a cocktail earlier. Is that yeah, correct? I am. I'm, yeah, I'm like getting super fancy. I'm doing an Aperol spritz, Ooh. which if you order uh, in more rural parts of the country, they stare at you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they're just like you're an alien yeah. or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> spritz. Yeah, it's the spritz that, that really, <laughs> yeah. you know. This guy comes in with his pinkies out. We don't even know how to talk to him. It's crazy. Spritz, yeah. <laughs> Now you're, it's my favorite drink, though. It, uh, it is. What is in an Aperol spritz? You I think it's just Aperol um, bitters, maybe like some bitters, maybe. Uh, and in a spritz. Shit, my, wife, my wife would know. She's uh, another great comic, Lace Larrabee. Yeah. yeah, she's a bigger alcoholic than me. I think. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, that's keeping in the family is what we, <laughs> yeah. what we do. I don't even know half the shit that's. I don't know half the shit that's in any of my drinks. Um, that's and when what we you go love. Out to eat, she orders for me a lot of the time, yeah. and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just yeah. like, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I want alcohol, and then she'll just tell. That's tell what them happened uh, when I ordered my first gin and juice. When I was like, "What do you want?" and I was like, "I want a gin and juice," and the guy's like, "What kind of juice?" and I was like, <laughs> "That's the, the, the what juice, the hell? Yeah, the gin and juice, juice. Yeah. whatever the gin and juice is." <laughs> yeah, Snoop Dogg did not it's specify. Good, yeah, give me some diabetes, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just trying to <laughs> sweet. Just trying to be cool here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're in Atlanta, Georgia, but you're not originally from Atlanta, are you? Well, yeah. I mean, I was born like south of Atlanta, and um, uh, just right outside of Columbus at an army base. At uh, Fort Benning, um, I, but I pretty much like grew up in. Uh, I mean, I lived all over, but I grew up just outside of the Atlanta perimeter. And okay. when I say grow up, I think we all kind of refer to like growing up as like where we went to high school. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the. That's what I like to ask people. Where, what? Where? Where did you live yeah. when you graduated high school? You know? Powder Springs, okay. which is just west of Atlanta. Yeah. Fort okay. Benning's a yeah. pretty big, uh, pretty big base, though, right? Air Force Base or Army Base? It's a it's a Army base. That's a it's where they do a Ranger. There's like a Ranger school there. I think. Yeah. Um, I think the Ranger uh, training is real big down there. Um, my dad was he was a Marine, but like when he got back from Vietnam, that's he was training. Doing something, I don't know exactly what he was doing, but he was doing something with training with, okay. um, with, the, with that's interesting with, uh, army rangers, which is diff, you know, different, different, yeah. but hmm. than the marines. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's where I was born. Uh, but yeah, I but honestly, yeah, I, I pretty much I know Atlanta really well because I started comedy in Atlanta too. Hmm. When was that? When and, did you start? Uh, two thousand, um, right? Well, let's see. Right after nine eleven, <laughs> so, yeah. I just remember it was right after nine eleven. Yeah. yeah, you're like That's I could join the army or I could bring laughter to the world. Well, two yeah. thousand one, right? I think yeah. nine eleven happened two thousand one. Yeah, uh, I should know this. this is <laughs> what America needed podcast. right uh, then was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, what does the world need right now? <laughs> yeah. they, they need to hear my 
Uh, <laughs> how, so, old yeah, were, how old were how old were you uh, then? Two thousand one. Oh man, I was like twenty six. I think it was twenty six when I started. Yeah, twenty five or twenty six. Um, it's definitely what American needed was a twenty five year old's opinion on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, world politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like going around me like, I had built what? Building seven just got scared and fell. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was just <laughs> nothing made sense. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, sure. And I remember it was pretty, uh, it was kind of a cool story, I guess, uh, for comedy. But um, a buddy of mine was like really good friends with Stephen Colbert. And Stephen Colbert lived in New York at the time and he was like at the daily show. And so he just called Steve, you know, cause he didn't know, like I, he knew I was like starting in comedy or whatever. So he called Steven cause he went, they went to college. Well, they went to high school together and, and college, I guess. Um, so yeah, he called Steven and was just like, Hey, my buddy's starting comedy. <laughs> and I'm sure he was just like, Jesus Christ. Man, <laughs> yeah. fuck with this guy. But he was super cool, super nice. And he would like, you know, uh, really go out of his way to like call me and stuff. Like he would call Stephen me. Stephen Colbert. Me. Yeah. Call he would call me like after work um, on his drive to Montclair, New Jersey. Wow. And, um, wow. What an interesting. He would just like check in with me and just be like, and I just remember he was such a dork, like <laughs> very nice, but just a dork. He's just a dorky dad. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. For sure. You know oh, I mean, wow. that, that was just kind of how he was. He was just kind of a dorky dad. And, uh, he would call and he would just be like, I remember he would always say, uh, he would be like, yeah, just, just go get, go get yourself in trouble. trouble." (laughs) So that meant like, you know, either go do stand up or, which I didn't really have the balls to do stand up at the time. So I signed, I did what a lot of people do. I went and signed up for a fucking, an improv class. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was kind of like, I'm easing into it. Yeah. Uh, But I went to like two improv classes and I just realized real quick, I was like, Oh, this is just a bunch of actors who don't have the balls to do stand up. (laughs) And so, uh, not shitting on the craft because it's, I respect the craft immensely. However, (laughs) that was kind of what it was. A lot of people wanted to do stand, but they did. Especially in those first level classes too. It's like, that's kind of where, yeah. Yeah. And and I was in the very, you know, the beginning class, but it was like a lot of, it was just a lot of actors really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I went two times and then I just realized really quick, like I don't fucking work well with others. Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, so then, yeah. So then I started doing standup, but what was cool is, um, and I'll never forget it. Just, he was just so, so kind and generous with his time. Um, but that was right before he got his, uh, daily show, Mm. uh, show. Yeah. Uh, Or not daily show show before he went from the daily show to his own show. And, uh, yeah, I just remember him saying, you know, yeah, my wife's not stoked about it, but you know, cause I'm not going to have much time. Oh yeah. And then, yeah. And then it kind of like kept in touch with him a little bit here and there. I did a meeting with one, like his manager at one point and it was kind of weird. Cause I'm just sitting in the office. Like, I think I've probably been doing comedy like two years at that point mm. and just didn't know what the fuck I was doing or even you know his manager was just being nice because Stephen right. asked to yeah. meet with me. <laughs> just like, so what are you what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm doing open mics and stuff in Atlanta. Uh, well, there's not really open any open mics. I just do, you know, 
there's like a black room that I used to do in Atlanta, like every Tuesday night. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much it. That was nice. the only place I could go on stage. So yeah, it was just funny. Cause he was just looking at me like, yeah, I don't like he, he wasn't saying it, but I could tell he's just like, I don't know why the fuck you're <laughs> yeah. in my office right now. I'm just <laughs> literally, I make money off Steven and you're here and I'm just going to try to be cordial. Yeah. And when you leave, you know, but i'll never forget the kindness though it was yeah just, that's it great was, yeah to do that yeah so you mentioned to shane that uh along with uh meeting stephen colbert and, and, and taking up his manager's precious time you've also <laughs> had a number of what you might describe as paranormal or uh, at least strange experiences yeah. including an out-of-body experiences yeah, now, yeah. Was that was that pre comedy or post comedy? It was pre. That's all pre comedy. So comedy kind of cured you of. Uh, I think I don't know if it's that uh, it was cured so much of. It's more like uh, I just had an open. I I kind of look at it like uh, it's a frequency band. You're more in yeah. tune with, mm. and then um, there's things that will I feel. I mean, at least from what I've read, I've read a decent amount not you know an expert on it but alcohol will definitely hinder that ability um any sort of drugs yeah really in general yeah thank goodness (laughs) yeah Yeah, so like uh viagra you know (laughs) yeah yeah. terrible for my (laughs) (laughs) i saw the ghost until i took a blue pill and then uh yeah, <laughs> I poked into their world yeah, I, instead. I didn't even get a heart on, but I got one hell of a headache. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it, I think just things like that. And then when I started comedy, I was drinking quite a bit just because I was just freaking. You know, I didn't know what I was doing, and yeah. you know, I just, you, you don't know what you're doing, and you're just trying to figure things out. And um, and then that's generally how your you know alcoholism starts. But yep, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just doing a lot of that, so I didn't really. I I kind of that antenna kind of, I kind of, I guess, you know, by choice too. Like I didn't, cause I had insomnia really bad from an early age. And a lot of that insomnia stems from these kind of, um, these paranormal oh, really? that I had. Yeah. Cause I had them from like a very early age, like as young as I can remember. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. What was your first yeah. paranormal experience? Uh, t- I think the very first thing was, I mean, I was having like, I was having out of body experiences at a very, very early. So like maybe as I mean, as far back as my memory can go three, four. Wow. What, yeah. what, what were you seeing a corporal form emerge? Like could you, were you conscious of the fact or were you, you know, in your, in your, the, astral plane or wherever you were were you seeing yourself sleeping and being like oh. uh, not 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 at that age that, that those younger ages um i was doing a lot of scaring my mom because <laughs> like i remember i would make references to like a, a past life of oh, uh, i was really into like uh world war ii fighter planes oh interesting very very heavily into world war ii fighter planes and just infatuated with them from a very very early age and just whenever i always wanted to go to a bookstore just so i could i would go i'd find where all the you know the history section Mm -hmm. particularly world war ii 
I don't, I don't know why that was exactly. But I remember, and I don't remember what it was I said, but I scared the shit out of my mom because I basically alluded to the, it was, it was something that I said that basically scared her because she was like, well, there's no way he would know this unless he lived. Yeah. Like, yeah. Live wow. a prior life. And, um, wow. so, so yeah, but, but, the out of body experiences and the vibrational um, state and the um, the disconnecting from the body and the sleep paralysis and all that stuff was so normal and natural to me. Like it didn't really freak me out. And then years later, I guess I was probably in my twenties, um, so early twenties, because this would have been before comedy. So early twenties, uh, I was working at the Four Seasons parking cars i worked the third shift so i would get there at like 11 i'd work till like 7 a.m mm. and so um i would listen to art bell yeah hell yeah coast to coast on you know a.m and um you know it's so frustrating it's just so funny back then because you know back then it's like there wasn't you couldn't just stream some shit it was like if somebody <laughs> yeah. interrupted you during the show you're fucked <laughs> like, yeah, right shit, a car's coming in you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. damn it, i gotta go park this car so you'd miss like you know important parts of the show but that was like kind of my first time of really understanding that what was happening to me was um i guess uh kind of unique but but um, also just hearing other people talk about those experiences, it kind of um, made me even more uh, intrigued because I would hear these people talking about having these experiences and then I would just sit back and be like, well, shit, you know, I've done, I mean, I, yeah. I do this. I, I know I can do this. And, and really at that time I could, I kind of could at will, I could just not, not like at will meaning like, uh, you know, like a Buddhist monk or something, right, yeah. but, but like I could, um, I could make it uh, a priority and be like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to try to leave my body this week or something. Right, so yeah. it would be in the back of my mind. And then as I would go to sleep, whatever. Well, I, I heard an interview on, um, Art Bell with uh, Dr. Monroe, who started the Monroe Institute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we spoke to him many times. We talked to him a lot, or talked about him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and that was the first time, obviously, I'd heard of him, and um, it was just interesting because um, he was talking about. And I don't know if it was Dr. Monroe that was on the show, or it was somebody else who teaches at the Monroe Institute. Because I remember I bought a book. I think it was called uh, Journeys Out of the Body, or it was something like that. Don't hold me to it. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but I, I remember getting that book and and reading it because I had heard the guy on Art Bell show, okay. and so he basically laid out like essentially how to do it. And so yeah, I just kind of use those methods. And yeah. Uh, and then I would have, I mean, it would just, it would start that, but then I started getting scared. Oh, right. <laughs> because yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess when you start to hear that other people are doing it and, and then, and they're making a big deal of, or other people are making a big deal about it, then it kind of, it put it, I don't know. It made it seem not as natural, like something maybe yeah. like I'm 
either something's wrong with me or I'm special in some way or, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause it was like being on the Art Bell show, it just, it came across as kind of like, you know, fringe. Everything was just, sure. you know, everything he had on there was just like fringe yeah, subject yeah. matter. And yeah. so it kind of put like, uh, uh, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but it just made it seem like more of a big deal. Right. Whereas yeah. before I, I wasn't questioning it. Yeah. It's, you know, a, it's I was just like, Oh yeah. yeah. Sleep paralysis. Like I didn't even have a word for what I was sure. like, It was sleep paralysis, but it didn't really freak me out. Right. It's almost like so, how parents are like, uh, when your kid falls, it's like, don't make a big deal out of it and they won't cry. Exactly. It's like, but yeah, the minute you tell them that that's weird, then they're like, Oh, I got to cry every time I fucking do anything. That's like a perfect, that. that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, that I mean that that was. Um, what's the what's the typical out of body or, you know, the experience when you, you that you're having at this point that you can have if you will yourself to do it? Yeah. So with me, and it's a little different for people. You know, different people that they have a little different um, experience with it. Some people um, really experience the sleep paralysis situation, but for me, what would happen was I would get this kind of. Um, tingly sensation in the back of my neck um almost like a almost like like when you when you're cold and you just oh, kind of you know, it would start that way and then it would just kind of like permeate down my my spine and this is all like while laying in bed and mm. typically this would be um in a uh, I don't know what the state of consciousness is for this, but it's generally like very, very early in the morning. Yeah, so yeah. Let's typically, if you if you typically wake up at seven a.m., this would be like a four a.m. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. maybe I had to wake up and go pee, and then mm-hmm. I'm going back to bed. Well, as I'm falling back to sleep, that's when this stuff would start to happen. Absolutely. So whatever state of consciousness that is, I don't know. Yeah, data. they call it the phase. There's a guy. Uh, there's a great. I've talked about it a bunch on the pod. There's a YouTube series called how to leave your body in three days. And there's a guy that's just figured oh, wow. out that they also need the links for all this, but he says, that's the exact time. It's great that you're saying this. That's the exact time. He's like, if you typically wake up at, you know, seven or whatever, we oftentimes, I wake up at five all the time and I lay in bed for two hours, just okay. with my mind, mind awake. And he's like, that's the yeah. perfect time. Go pee or yeah. do whatever you have to do. Or, and then he has like three exercises you constantly do in your head to get hmm. in that state. Um, okay. and so the fact that you did that on your own as, as a younger person and this guy's teaching people that stuff later is amazing to me. So like, yeah. uh, that's exactly right. It's like that, they called it the phase and he's like, it's this twilight, um, section of, uh, uh, nighttime that that's when all the quote unquote abductions happen, uh, with U- a- UFO stuff. It's all when bo- out of body yeah. experiences happen. It's just this weird, like it's almost when shit gets a little weird and it's always, it's just yeah. when everyone's just in that weird head space and it's that's a little when it different happens. brainwave activity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Theta waves versus yeah. alpha waves. And, and, and that's all stuff that I just never knew, you know, yeah. but later in life I, feel, I found out, but yeah. Um, but yeah, to get back to just like the, how it would start with me, it, it would be like that tingling sensation and, um, and, you know, being younger, I kind of liked the way that felt. It just would, you know, just felt, um, tingles good when you're young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you got to take pills for that. It, yeah. yeah. I didn't, no pills needed. For that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that would kind of start with that. And then, um, and then I would start to get this, um, this, um, 
kind of a heaviness, I guess, in my whole body where it's like, I just feel like a, like a best way I can describe it, like a weighted blanket has just been put over the top of you. And you're just like, at some point you're like, you know, move your arm. And it's like your, your brain's saying to move your arm, your arm's not moving Mm. while simultaneously, like there's this, um, frequency band and it's, it's like, you can not just hear it, but you can feel it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like your whole body vibrates. Yeah. It was kind of like, a um, well, ends up getting that way, but to start, it's like I said, it starts with that tingling mm-hmm. and it, at that tingling, I think is just like the beginning stages of this frequency, um, that gets more and more prevalent. And so to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, like, let's say that, um, like, especially when I was in high school, I would have <laughs> my whole thing was, uh, well, in middle school, it was like, I would have, you know, a tape deck and I would just like, you know, I'd have songs on there and I would, you know, back in the day, you'd like rewind and you'd count and you'd be like, I want to get to the beginning of my song. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I would go to sleep like with like a tape plan and it's almost like the best way to describe it is like, um, as this stuff's happening, it's like your ear, the, the like sound starts to go away. Like you don't have, like you don't hear yeah. anything that's going on in your, uh, current reality. Um, that stuff kind of starts to go away and it's almost like, uh, you know, if you were to stick your finger in your ear slowly and then just slowly, slowly, slowly until it's just completely mm-hmm. all sound is gone. And as that's happening, the vibration gets more and more intense and that frequency gets just almost some people experience a rumbling. I never had that rumbling experience, but I have more of a, um, an audible like oh yeah and then when it gets to that point it's like you're completely paralyzed and then my awareness i would put my awareness somewhere else and it could be you know wherever i don't know it could be in the freaking uh, you know at that time, who knows what I was thinking about, right. but like you know, just somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of that stuff and also just not getting, not getting freaked out. Yeah. Or, that's like the I biggest say, When I was yeah. younger, I wouldn't get freaked out by it because it was so natural to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it kind of get a little tainted when you start to hear <laughs> other yeah. people talking about it yeah. and then, you know, but but yeah, so I'd have my awareness somewhere else. And then, uh, and then, then you start to kind of disconnect at that point. And some people literally, it's just like a little, just pop right out. Yeah, some people, yeah. It's like a very slow, like for me, it's like a slow process of, of almost like my energy body, like is, is lifting up out of my body. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was always for me. I've heard people say, Oh, I've, Next thing I know, I'm up above myself looking down at myself. I never really looked down at myself. Okay. I never really had that experience where I would just be looking at me per se. But um, but as a little kid, I would definitely uh, – people would just enter, enter what, what I thought was my room. But really what I was seeing, I think, and I'm trying to just make sense of all this now, but – it's like we have this physical dense reality. And then just outside of that, I remember seeing like certain pieces of furniture in the house, you know, just things that like, it's like you would, you would touch it 
with because you still feel like you have a physical body. Sure, yeah, yeah. Or at least you you're you see yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. And like I just remember like uh everything would it was like it was resonating at a different freak and you'd feel it. Oh, like you see, could yeah. put your hand on a, like um you know uh chester drawers or something, you know, and it just wow. it's like it's it's like it's there, but it's also the other thing I realized too. It's not the exact same as this reality. Exactly. Like yeah, things yeah. are just slightly off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's just like this other parallel reality where everything's not the exact same. Mm-hmm. It's like slightly different. Do you, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. I can't explain yeah. why that is. Or, Did, but do you find colors were brighter or different? Like shit seemed more real than real because that's that's one of the common themes is people like oh I, colors are brighter. It felt more real than where my real life is, or was it just um, another place you went to? Really, just more, more because with my OBs, my OBs were never like. Um, like if I did travel to a place. Mm-hmm. It would, I wouldn't even, I don't, I like, I wouldn't remember the, the, the process of getting to that place, Mm -hmm. if this makes any sense. So like, it was very much localized to wherever I was, like if I was in a house, you know, and I I don't know uh, if it's just that my mind just blocked it out and maybe, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. sure I probably did block it out, but but I would definitely, as soon as I made that little, that disconnection, I would I would start to like, yeah, I would see people. Um, there was an old woman that I would see all the time when I was really little, oh, wow. and I didn't really uh, know who it was. But it was my great grandmother who raised me. Uh, well, so she raised me. She took care of me when I was really really little. I think she died when I was like. Four, mm-hmm. I want to say, but I would see her quite a bit, and it was weird because when I would see her, she would always be um, in the form that I knew her, like mm-hmm. you know, and she was old, right. but 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 glowing and like very um, kind of. It would I would only just see her face though. Oh, interesting. her face and her hair, mm-hmm. and you ever really saw the body. And do you, do you, was it? Were you lucid dreaming by chance, or do you, do you, have you lucid dreamed and this is a distinct experience separate from that? I've never had, like, I've wanted to lucid dream, but I've never been able to do, like, a lucid dream. Right. What I have done, though, is, um, and this is even probably, this could literally be a whole other podcast, but <laughs> I've, I have had two most recently I've had two encounters where I would be um, kind of like what you hear a lot of uh, near death experiencers talk about how they're floating above oh, yeah. and see, they see themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had most recently I've had two of those experiences where I've seen myself in a different reality. I know it's me because I'm literally feeling all the emotions that I'm feeling in at that moment. And it's very mundane stuff. Like one of them was really stupid. It's like, I just saw myself walking down a long driveway to go get the mail. And I I remember it's kind of a long driveway. Um, 
bunch of trees over the driveway. It was kind of shaded. And then there was like a, a big staircase going up to a front porch. And I remember just seeing myself, just observing, observing myself. And I'm older. I probably was in my 60s, maybe. And I was just really sad. Oh, no. <laughs> I walking up the stairs, walking <laughs> into the living room, and just feeling insanely lonely and oh. just sad. And I remember just sitting down. I put the mail down on the counter in the kitchen, and then I, like, sat down in a recliner, and I turned on the TV. Oh, and I man. just – it was just me, like, kind of observing that. And then, it, and then I was gone. I was out of there. Yeah. Hmm. And then I had another situation where I was observing myself in a major city. I don't know what city it was, but I'm a comic and I'm in a major city and I'm running late for a show and I'm kind of stressed out about it. And I'm running down these little, this um, uh, little stairwell. And as I'm going down the stairwell, like I literally, I see a poster and it's like, I'm on the poster. So it's like, Mm. you know, it just, it was just weird. And then I walk into a bar and, then I'm out. Hmm. Like, this is like, it's, interesting. but it's, it's real. It's like, sure. You're seeing a, a, a an alternate universe where you're in it or, or is That's that show, thing. is that show something that has come true that you were like, Oh, this is what I was seeing that night. Uh, nah, it wasn't like a deja vu type thing. It was, it was very much like me looking in on me. Yeah. In a different reality. Wow. The timeline though is seems kind of similar. Like it's definitely right. modern times. Like car, you know, cars, houses, all big yeah. city, all mm-hmm. that all Stand that stuff. The noise, like everything. Like it's yeah. not like it wasn't like I'm peeping in on like a previous lifetime or right. it didn't seem that way. And you don't it think all, this is your future? This is definitely a different reality. Not your it couldn't be your current reality. I mean, based on you know, your comedic uh goals or things like that it's but you, you know or how'd you look goals? on the poster did you look yeah, older you or younger or you look good i didn't really acknowledge the poster that much only only that i was looking at a poster and yeah. i knew and it had my information on there i don't remember seeing like a a, a headshot or anything like that oh, yeah, yeah. it's right. weird it's like it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just when you are having those experiences and you're outside this reality, those things don't seem important, maybe. I don't sure. know. I don't really have the answers to, as to why. Because, you know, like right now talking, if I were to, be, to go back, I would be like, oh, man, I need to, you know, I need to figure all this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. In the moment, it doesn't seem maybe like in the moment, you know, maybe it's not, it doesn't even seem important because, Maybe that's a reality that I'm. Maybe I'm in that observer mm-hmm. state so much, and I'm not even aware of it. So right. when I am in that, when I do, when I did catch that glimpse of me, I guess being in that state of awareness, like it just didn't seem important. Right. To me. Yeah. 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 It's almost like uh, whether it was your current reality or a different reality, that what you were observing was so commonplace that it was not out of the ordinary for you to be like, Oh, that's weird. It was more just like, that's my life. This is like, that makes sense. You know? So it's like, kind of like, yeah. uh, It's the same way you forget drives home because you're like, you've done it so much. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't notice it because it was, it's commonplace. And it's very mundane. Like I'm, I'm a little leery sometimes when I hear people with these fantastical stories of like, you know, Oh, and I, I saw Jesus and we talked, you know, (laughs) 
high fived them and we had a beer or whatever, you know, I don't, (laughs) it's it's like, cause from my experience, like all of this stuff, this supernatural stuff is, is pretty mundane in terms of the OBE stuff. Mm -hmm. Now I will say like the very first time that I really, cause I was 14 years old. I was, um, Mm -hmm. really confused about a lot of shit because I grew up in a really, uh, just a rough, I just grew, I grew up really rough. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of like, um, just tragedy and, um, a lot of, uh, just bad stuff in mm-hmm. general. And I grew up kind of like my family was Southern Baptist. Um, I just, would go to church here or there, but I never, none of that ever really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my grandfather passed away when I was 14. So I was really close with my grandfather. He was like pretty much like my father figure at the time. And, um, so when he passed away, he, uh, the night he passed away, I remember, I didn't get to the hospital in time to say goodbye, like a final goodbye. And so that night I was like laying in bed and my, there's no TV on. There's no, I mean, there's no lights, no nothing, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Just my window was open and a little bit of um, moonlight coming in. That was about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I remember just sitting there in the bed and I, the lights are all, you know, like I said, everyone, And you know how it is, like, when you've been sitting in the dark for a while, your eyes are adjusted. Yeah, yeah. It's not like like turning the lights off and then you you blink your eyes and then there's, like, still, you know. It wasn't like that. I mean, I'd been sitting there for a while, and I I was thinking about him heavily, and I thought to myself, I said, you know, in my own way, I didn't even really think in terms of like, I hope he gets this or anything. Like that. I just said, I love you. And immediately when I said, I love you, a ball, and I mean a ball of energy, like light, oh, wow. just exactly where I was looking. And it flashed three times. And when it flashed three times, it wasn't anything audible, but it was like telepathic. Yeah. It was instant telepathic communication. He said, I love you. Yeah. I knew wow. it was him. Yeah. Wow. And then that ball of light, it just went oh. right out the window. Wow. That's amazing. And uh, my wow. uncle, who, it's another wild story, who later died at an Eagles concert in a bathroom. Oh, my um, God. Oh, my God. He, uh, we all have he an had, uncle he a, like that. I, I think it was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was him, or it was either him or one of my cousins. They had a visitation from him that night too, um, and then my aunt also, who later a whole another story. She committed suicide in our driveway. She that was years later. She got a visitation from him. My mom had some sort of a thing as well, but I can't remember what it was. Um, and my grandmother also. So yeah, it was kind of like maybe he was just making the rounds. That, yeah. That wow. And, uh, and so for me at that time at 14, I wasn't even, I wasn't religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just confused. Yeah. Yeah. You got these people that I didn't trust telling me, you know, how to think and what to believe in. 
and I just didn't feel right about any of that. So I was just really confused. And I, I, I definitely wasn't, I just, I was very agnostic, I guess at that time. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I knew, I didn't, I never really thought like about the metaphysical stuff of the OBs and all that stuff. It didn't really, cause at that time I'm 14, you know, yeah. later on when I'm hearing this podcast or not podcast, but the Art Bell show, I'm, you know, it's in my twenties. Yeah. Before, way before all that stuff, but that really kind of started a process um, that I went through for years. Of I don't say a process, but a a, a a series of wild, wild shit. Um, yeah, dude, I've got. I mean, I can tell you tons more stories but that's wild yeah <laughs> that, that's, was, well, that I, was the first one though, that's that, wild man well let me ask you this because i'm i'm interested if you've you know worked through this in your head I, i'm assuming that you have because you're a comic and it's just the nature of comedy but do you think that your experiences are uh i mean i guess they could just be anomalous experiences do you think but more likely they are they something that uh genetically somehow Mm. like certain people are predisposed because of some sort of brain wiring uh to have this experience or do you think these experiences are essentially available through you know the the right training in a way like some people can play the piano when they're children just naturally some people can learn it quicker than others, but mm. most of us can learn it if we're willing to like put the work in. Yeah. So do you think it's something like a, a learned skill or do you think it's just something that's kind of will of the wisp? You're just lucky that, you know, your, your brain's wired in such a way these things happen to you. I think it's a, I mean, now uh, at 47, I, I'm pretty confident that it's something that we all have. Yeah. It's an ability that we all have. I think. Um, and the reason I say that is because, I'll go back. I'll look at like um, that Pulitzer Prize winning photo from Vietnam of that Buddhist monk that mm-hmm. emulate, yeah, emulated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is something that we all, I think we all should remember or, or know about if people don't know about it, because really that is the most empowering thing I've ever seen in my entire life mm-hmm. to be able to, transcend this reality to that point and do it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that monk literally decided, yeah, I'm done here and I'm gone. And then literally left like that. It was gone. He was out of the body. Yeah. In his body experiencing being burned alive. Yeah. No facial grimace, no nothing. He was just like, I'm, this is it. Yeah. This is it. I'm just, yeah. 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 Exactly. So the, and, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I just, I, I, that really kind of opened my mind up more to, you know, <laughs> which is probably why I view things the way that I do because of all these experiences, mm-hmm. you know. Um, right. But, but yeah, I think we all possess that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, it gets exponentially harder. I think the older you get, because you're mm-hmm. basically control. I mean, we're, we are controlled essentially by fear. Yes. We're constantly bombarded with fear. Mm-hmm. We're constantly as from the time you're young to, you know, to your 20, um, 
you are constantly being told you can't do this. You can't, no, that's not, you know, that's only, you, there's so many things that you're said that you're told that you can't do. And then, you know, you believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it, it's, it's, it was the, it was a Gerbil, the Nazi uh, propagandist that said, if you repeat a lie over and over again, it'll just become truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's shit that people, they, I mean, look at what the military, I mean, they, you take a bunch of young Marines it's 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Put them to the boot camp for six weeks. You break them down psychology to tell them that they're nothing, that they have no identity. Then they come out molded exactly what they want. Right. Just like Fox news, honestly. Yeah. I mean, all news for that. Yeah. All news really. But yeah. I mean, Fox is the worst, but I mean, they're all bad, right. but yeah, they all like find a way to like, scare us and break us down into believing a thing. And it's like, if you are more worried about the outside, you can't focus on what's happening inside, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, obviously when we, we kind of, I think a lot of us know, so we know that it's profit driven. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a large portion of the population though, that just does not want to know. They don't want to know the truth. Right. Yeah. The truth is, very fucking disturbing and scary to mm-hmm. people. And, and that, and you know, and that's just the world we live in. Like some people can handle it and some people can't. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, just, it's, you know, psychology one-on-one, like literally people will literally go out of their way to try to rationalize why some crazy shit's being done. Yeah. Oh no, no, it can't be that. It can't, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Really, it's very simplistic. A lot of times, it's mm-hmm. like, no, yeah, there's there are people profiting off. Of yeah, yeah, right. it's always just money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Where you don't make rational decisions and you mm-hmm. do fucking crazy yeah. shit. That in retrospect, maybe ten years down the road, you'd be like, "Holy fuck, I got corralled into thinking this way." Yeah, you know? yeah. I guess I guess that's uh, that's sort of where my my question was driven about if you're genetically predisposed or, or, and you say you think this is available to everyone. And, and I guess my, my, my follow-up to that based on what you just said is, you know, is, is the notion that this, this ability to uh, see a reality that is, is, is perhaps difficult or challenging to see uh, is, are there forces out there that that need to prevent us from, you know, developing that ability to our fullest for some ulterior motive, whether that's mm. power or money? And, other, and let me put it, let me put it this way: it's like, you know, you 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 grow up and you, you play basketball, and at some point, somebody says, "You're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be good at basketball. First You're never going to make it." Yeah. Right. So you give it up, and then at some point you just go into your regular job, and you live your just shitty life, and you're just like this, you know. I and I'm not knocking you if you live a shitty life. <laughs> yeah. I live a shitty life. Yeah, we, we all we in all our do. own way. We all have a shitty life. But but <laughs> but but it, you know, if if you're this person here, like you know, I was having these experiences where I where I could you know lucid dream or astral project or out of body experiences. But at some point, people are like, "You need to, you need, to, you need to just sort of plug back into the matrix, so to speak, and forget about all of that." Because if yeah. the masses of people, for lack of a better word, awoke to this, 
that would threaten the very stability of this world we live in. I mean, do you do you have some variation where that makes things make sense to you? I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because just on a, you know, small level, like, uh, I mean, you know, you're a lot of, I don't want to say you're an employer, but employers do the same thing. Like, it's, it's like if, you know, you're working for a company and you're like telling your boss, well, yeah, I want to go start my own thing, you know, Nine times out of ten, they're going to fucking do whatever they can to knock you down. Yeah, to, sure, right. You, know, ah, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. know, it's there's always some sort of ulterior motive, and I think like if if I were a power structure, mm-hmm. I would one hundred percent. I mean, I'm gonna say if I were because I I, don't, I wouldn't do this, but I'm just saying like I think it's very. Uh, reasonable to think that power structures would want to keep people divided so that they can maintain power. You can't maintain power if everybody fucking agrees that you're right. the fucking problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. When everybody right. goes, this motherfucker has no power over us. We, there's millions of us. Mm-hmm. This little motherfuckers. They, they, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't yeah. have them think that. Yeah. So. You see it all the time. Um, and, I mean, y'all have probably seen the, the videos of these these events that happen and then miraculously somehow all these news organ- all these news stations around the world have the exact same script yeah. and they read the exact same script, mm-hmm. the exact same narrative, literally to the T, sure. the words. Yeah, the it's words wild. Like, and it all comes out that night. Right. I, yeah. I remember watching that happen when 9-11 happened. Yeah, yeah. I was I just going to bring that a, up. I remember watching a broadcast with a bunch of firefighters who came out of building, I forgot which building it was, but they were talking about the multiple explosions. explosions. Yeah. It sounded like controlled demolition. Can't fucking find that shit anymore. Yeah, contemporaneous explanations of 9-11 versus the, the news report. Yeah. Were, yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's, crazy. you know, it's the whole thing with the, 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 the diplomat's daughter going, you know, like crying like they were, they were putting the babies in the incubator. Like, I could literally spend hours probably talking about all of the things <laughs> yeah. that, that later were not, were unequivocally not true. Right, yeah. For but, a fact. But the thing is, humans have amnesia. Like, we don't remember. Right, mm-hmm. And power structures know that. They know that we don't, like, 10 years from now, you'll have a whole new generation of people who have been, like, steered in a particular direction and to think a certain way. Yeah. You know? And then they'll have their own 9-11 or whatever it is. And they yeah. just keep repeating the cycle to where, like, oh, we'll get them complacent, follow the rules, then we'll have this yeah. event to bring They're getting out of control. Let's have this event to bring them together, and then we'll do this again. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the weaponization of the wor- the term conspiracy theory. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was weaponized Absolutely. for a reason because it's it's a way to thwart off any sort of debate mm-hmm. because you can just go whatever crackpot you know you're a conspiracy theorist and then exactly. just shut just shut it down. Yeah. Well, now you don't have to debate that point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, and now we mm-hmm. live in this society where I never thought we would get here this quick, where literally power structures are just completely shutting down debate. Oh, there yeah. is no debate. 
we we regurgitate a lie or a talking point Mm -hmm. and we do it enough and you literally watch people fall in line with it yeah because i think there's two types of people in this world there's more of a collectivist type of mentality where it's like you know everybody means well they want good for everybody Mm -hmm. but (laughs) you know shit just doesn't work that way unfortunately Not, I mean, you're talking about, you know, we're in like the, the last stages of, of, uh, you know, crony capitalism. Yeah. Um, you, we're not going to have this fucking world that I know a lot of people want. I want it. Y'all want mm-hmm. it. Most everybody does. Yeah. But there's those, there's, there's, there's more of the collectivist mentality. And then there's also the people that, I kind of find myself as just like one of these people, like I just like leave me the fuck alone. Like I'll leave <laughs> yeah. people alone. Y'all leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just Can't we just all just get along? I like, you think differently about this. You think differently about this. I see it a certain way. You see it a certain way. We used to, we used to have no problems. Like you could just go, you know, have dinner with people and be yeah. friends with people. Now it's like, who's perpetuated all of this divide. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to a very interesting podcast back in 2014 with, um, and oh, dude, you can't find this anywhere. I mean, I wish I could find it. Uh, but it was, um, trying to think of the guy's name. He was the biggest news aggregator at the time. Uh, Drudge. Oh Matt, yeah. Matt, Drudge, Drudge report. Yeah. Yeah. So, you remember that time frame where Matt, the, the Drudge Report was just like, I mean, that mm-hmm. it, it was kind of a right center right kind of perspective, but but you know, it kind of started leaning a little more left near the end. He, either way, he was the biggest news aggregator at the mm-hmm. time and pre-social media. Um, uh, well, I'll say pre-social media, beginning stages. Sure, sure, yeah. So. Just keep this in mind. 2014, he goes on a podcast, and he's and this is a guy who never really he's very immersed in the uh, who's who of media, mm-hmm. right? He had just gone to a big dinner of all the top enchilada media, uh, which obviously you know just keeps it was mainstream media has gotten more and more condensed, you know, to mm-hmm. a small number of of people who control narratives now. But he said, I'm, I'm doing this podcast because I just want to be able to sleep at night and just know that I did what I, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. tried to tell people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so 2014, he, he says that the topic of conversation was love him or hate him, Alex Jones. Right. He was the topic of conversation. And they said, we're going to take down Alex Jones. And then once we take down Alex Jones, we're going to start taking down other dissenting voices and they would do it by creating internet ghettos, which at the time I didn't really understand what any of this meant because you got to think social media wasn't really prevalent like it is. It didn't have the kind of influence that it has now, but their whole I mean, they literally, he talked about the whole fucking thing. Like, it's like, we're going to, we're going to take down dissenting voices. We're going to create these internet ghettos where you have right and left who get informational, uh, feedback loop, mm-hmm. uh, confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
And so the way that the algorithms are designed basically will be that you'll keep these people divided because whenever you bring up a topic and let's say it's a right-leaning person, sure. they go look at, you know, what whatever shit they're following. What about, yeah, what about Trump? What about Biden? And all it does yeah. is give them confirmation bias. And then the left-leaning person is doing the same exact thing. But this is all what he said was all by design to basically divide people. Mm-hmm. He didn't elaborate on why he didn't, you know, I mean, I'm sure yeah. that, that I mean, didn't even sells more involved. ads. I mean, you get it, like the whole reason, I like mean, once you have an audience that's very right, pointed yeah. towards one thing, you can sell specific ads. Like it, it the hardest mm-hmm. thing as a marketer is figuring out your audience. But once you mm-hmm. have an audience that you know who they are, you got them, you know? Exactly. So it's like, it's all about ad revenue. It's all about yeah. selling shit. So yeah, I mean, I and mean, think of, and y'all know this, I know y'all know this, like think of how many headlines you've seen sensational headlines that are, 100% false. Oh yeah. And then you go read and then you get to the bottom and then they literally will say how it's not true. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because yeah. they've already, they already got know the mind. headline. The headline is, is, is the thing. And how many of us just read headlines? Like that's but the problem. Yeah. But the problem is, is that you have a whole generation of people now who have literally been brought up on sensational headlines yeah. that are not fucking true. Yeah. And they, and that is to them, that is fact. That's news. Yeah. That's news. Right. But I, yeah. I, I think to sort of, and I'm not really saying anything new. What I'm doing is tying some things in together. Is that by by creating a system where people look at headlines and you know something that you might see on Facebook and just sort of scroll through is as valid to most people as a journalist who spent three years sure. researching something and it finally makes it in the New York Times. Those things are equally valid in this world. Yes. Cuz they play in the same space. Right, right. And 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 but what they do is they they create same space meaning the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. right. It, totally. And, yeah. And it turns us in and I I I love this term uh and it was introduced to me relatively recently. It turns us into sea lions where we're just hmm. yeah. like we're not really saying anything. You're just you're just being noisy all the time. Mhm. Which that that sort of red blue Democrat Republican Lib conservative that continuous fight it's like let's just keep them arguing about mm-hmm. this and no one will really know what's really going on right. behind the curtain. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean Senator have you seen Senator Jeff Jackson's thing? Uh, mm-hmm. so Senator Jeff Jackson is I think he's a uh, is he a senator? Is he a senator? Uh, uh, yeah, in North, yeah Carolina. in North Carolina, but out yeah. of the Charlotte Charlotte district. Yes. He okay. he posted a thing on Reddit not too long ago. He goes, "The only he goes, I've spent a decent amount of time here, and what I've noticed is that the people that are the most vocal and saying the craziest things are only saying it as an audition to get on shows." He goes, "They actually will act totally normal in a closed meeting where there's no cameras." Or there's okay. nobody there. Interesting. Um, but he goes, the minute that the cameras are on, they're like, oh, we gotta, we gotta just be loud and sound angry so that these shows will pick us up, whether it's on, you know, Newsmax, Fox News, or all, you know, right. both, whatever side it is. Yeah, they want uh, the soundbite. Exactly. And so he posted that, and then Newsmax immediately was like, this guy sucks. So like they just bought into his like whole thing, and they're like, this guy's, fu-. and like they took he they took the bait. It was so amazing. Uh, this guy's great. I love this yeah. guy. 
uh, not trying to promote politics, but it was just, he's just so calm and his demeanor is just yeah. like, let's just talk like normal people. And they're like, right. who's going to talk like normal people? This guy sucks. And it's like, I yeah. told you, I told you, you know? Well, I mean, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate that yeah. like these career, that you have career politicians. Mm-hmm. I mean, why the fuck is, you know, how do any of these politicians have hundred million dollars is insane. $20 million. They shouldn't, you can't, you don't get paid enough to have that kind of money. Yeah. No, yeah. you get, you, you, well, you don't get paid enough on your salary. Indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You get paid. Indirectly. You definitely <laughs> get paid enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, you, you, you ostensibly roughly 550 people run this country. The federal government is run by f- roughly 550 people. Wow. And if you're worth a billion dollars, and we know that the 90% of the wealth in this country is held by a few thousand people, it's a pretty simple equation to yeah. say, yeah. I need as many of those 535 people to know my name. Mm-hmm. I need them to know what I want. I don't necessarily need to say... I'll give you X number of dollars for this result. I just need to be able to, it's sort of like getting booked at a comedy club. Yeah. Right. Just show up and hang and they'll be you know, that like, I just around. need, I just want to know your name. I want you to know who I am. I don't want you to know what I'm trying to do. And I know that that that's how it works out. But mm-hmm. you do that with roughly 550 people in the world through money. Yeah. The same parties, wow. the same things. And for everybody else, for the, for the other 90% of the, of the, and there are some tiers to how I think you keep people in line. Um, but for the most part, you know, you, you, you keep the poor the same way the poor have always been kept in line, mm-hmm. you know, bread and circuses. You keep them entertained. Yeah. And the middle class, as long as they're fighting, thinking that somehow, and not taking a stance on reproductive rights, but as long as, like, we think that, like, the abortion fight is the most critical thing in our lives. Sure. That's in my mind, a great distraction yeah. from reality, which is it's the people that decide whether re- reproductive rights, you know, that are the problem, not mm-hmm. the actual outcome. of Yeah. That. Uh, to speak to that on NPR the other day, I, I mentioned this on the last podcast, but someone on NPR said, you know, everyone's up in arms about drag shows. It's going to go away the minute the election's over. They're like, they're yep, fighting absolutely. against you right now, but it's only to keep in the news. They're like, the minute that's over, they're not going to give a shit right. the fact that a drag show's happening. It's all I mean, for that's show. A, that's a prime example of just, like, the power that these um, corporate media outlets have. Yeah. And, uh, and, and even, like, all the independent media now, too, it's like they're subservient to the algorithm. Yeah. So all of them are competing for sensational headlines. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's so typical how it's like, you know, a left wing outlet will find the dumbest right wing person they can find and put them on a platform to be like, see how fucking retarded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And right wingers will do the same thing constantly with, you know, this is why, everybody uses the term, you know, woke ad nauseum now because a lot of these right-wing outlets, they'll showcase the worst, the most, the loudest, most obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, we got idiots on both sides, sure. but they just keep highlighting those yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've annoying got, like, comet just... girl. That's what we <laughs> called her in college. It's <laughs> yeah. like that annoying comet girl that, like, 
no matter what the professor said, she was like, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you read so-and-so, you would, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, we <laughs> had that guy in my art history class. His name was Remy, and he's like, but how do you, uh, how does DMT uh, or ecstasy uh, address this uh, art history? And we're like, shut up, Remy. Yeah. Stop being that guy. Like, Just listen but to you know, But you notice, like, how every time, every time they have an, a new thing to exploit whether it be covid or you know war whatever at the end of all of that uh there's just more consolidation of power Mm -hmm. and absolutely absolutely look how i mean have y'all looked up how much money was made over COVID? Oh, it's so crazy. By, by a very small number of people. COVID was the single biggest transfer of wealth in American history. It was. It absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. And before that, I think it was um, up to that point. I think it was um, the, yeah, it was after 9-11, I think. Yeah, yeah. Military industrial complex milk that war for yeah absolutely. I mean twenty what was it twenty something years yeah yeah we still I mean we're obviously we still have troops all over the place yeah but, right. I think it takes a couple generations like twenty years for people to be like what are we doing this for like the young people are like what is this about yeah. and they're like okay we got to find something else we got to clear they're over this one so let's just uh, yeah that's why, right that's why time time is I mean they 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 love time because they've got all the money. I mean, mm-hmm. they get the bank, they get the central banks, give them money for practically nothing free money. Yeah. And then you know, they're, where everybody else is screaming at each other over masks or, you know, what, I mean, you look at the people that literally orchestrated the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. They're the ones that came out on top. They're the ones that bought the fucking vaccine stocks. Oh yeah, right before, and then right. now they're fucking shitting on. Sold the, their oh, hotel man. stocks and bought stocks in the vaccine companies. One hundred percent. Yeah, right. and the whole time you're just going, God damn it! We literally just fucking went through all this shit and like nine eleven. Yeah, right. sold their airplane literally stocks. Just went through this whole <laughs> yeah. fucking yeah. thing, yeah. but now you've got a whole new generation of people who didn't experience that. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I remember just how fucking irritated I was with, I'm a very moderate person politically, but mm-hmm. dude, I used to, used to, I would get so fucking mad because I would drive around, you know, living in like Metro Atlanta. This is like right after 9-11 and all the fucking like, I remember watching Bush Jr. go on TV and go, you're either, you're, you're either with us or you're against oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like so. You're saying you're a terrorist if you don't if you yeah. question yeah, right. what the fuck you're saying. You're a goddamn terrorist. Mm-hmm. And people just they exactly what they did with COVID. They literally got scared. Mm-hmm. They scared the shit out of everybody, and then they fucking started acting irrationally. And then the next thing you know, I'm seeing thousands of. Uh, at the time, it was the fucking Tahoes. Everybody oh, had a yeah. fucking Tahoe. They had a Tahoe with a Bush sticker. And a fucking, you know, 9-11 sticker. And it was just <laughs> like, go get go get the terrorist. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. and, just, and, then I, and then I would like, mm. oh, God, I got to get the fuck away from these people. I got to get the fuck away from these people. I'm, I'm going to go to New York or whatever. And then I go to New York years later. I go to New York and I'm like living uh, in Queens. 
Astoria, Queens, and I'm doing shows in Brooklyn and stuff, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Holy shit. It's like the polar opposite of batshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I go to L.A., and then it's like literally batshit, more batshit crazy. And it's just like everybody's fucking crazy. And I'm just like. Let me ask you you a hypothetical on this note, because I've often wondered this, and I've never never asked anybody, but – so so if Clinton had won the election 2016 and pandemic had happened and her response had been the same as, as Trump, right? Like she, she hadn't taken a different court, which I don't think her response would have been that different than Trump. I think Fauci would still be around, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've often wondered if, if Republican or, or conservatives – would have been the mask people. Oh, like we should be masking this. 100%. And, yeah, and yeah. then the other I mean, side would have been they like. Started, they started doing that under Trump. Right, right. Oh, that's yeah. just, I mean, literally, that's just how, I mean, it's just, it's fucking, it's, it's so wild, dude. I remember literally watching that motherfucker. Like, I'm not a Trump fan. I've never been a Trump fan. I, I was never a Trump fan before he went in office and not. And, you know, he did nothing, in my opinion, except for further divide. Obama did a great job at dividing the fuck out of people as oh, well. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. It's that suit, that tan suit, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, he just, I remember when Trump started the whole shit about the vaccines and stuff, and I just remember thinking, you know, and I remember watching, like, a lot of people say, uh, a lot of people on the left, I don't, I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take that. Sorry. I'm not going to take that vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then you, you see it shift from, I'm not going to take that vaccine. I don't trust that to literally go on. You're the fucking devil. If you don't get a guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What the fuck are you? Also, you should be punished by, you know, you should go to prison if you don't take a vaccine. I mean, it it literally shifted from that and you're just going, yeah, people people that were friends of mine that are extremely <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Sort of liberal, almost on the crunchy granola hippie side of things, who had deep distrust of pharmaceuticals, were all of a sudden like, "Well, we should yeah. trust these drug companies." And I'm like, "I thought, yeah, what? what that's yeah, you're sitting back going as a tribalism person. You're yeah. like, what? Like, yeah." You know, so I, the, the fear thing, it just goes back to my point earlier is like there are, I think there's just two camps of people. And, and I feel like, you know, on a more introspective thought, um, I think this whole reality of this whole duality of everything is, it's, it's a, it's a duopoly, you know, mm-hmm. that's the right word I'm looking for. Yeah, that's it. Um, and I feel like we kind of, I don't know, man, I, I seem to think that we have chosen to come into this reality and experience this timeline and this reality because there are things that we want or need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like we come in and we take it, we have these challenges and we deal with people that fucking test our patience. Mm -hmm. We deal with people who want to take our away, our freedoms and our rights. Um, and I feel like the power structures know that they capitalize off that because they know what's important and dear to us yeah. and they are constantly fucking attacking it all the time. Yeah. All, all the, the time. And they're it, constantly yeah. saying that the left needs to be afraid of the right because they're going to do this. And they're saying, telling the right that they need to be afraid of the left because they, they all want to do this. Well, I know 
a lot of fucking liberals. I know a lot of fucking Republicans. Mm -hmm. I know a fuck ton of moderate people. Mm -hmm. And most of these people, none of them think the way that we're told that they think. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Most of them don't. I mean, yes, there are the outliers. There are the people who really get immersed in this stuff because they truly think they're doing it for some sort of virtuous reason. Right. But in the end, we're just all being fucking played. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of the way like, um, distracted. Well, it's, I think of it in terms of, uh, improv or, uh, joke writing. It's like, they're always heightening it because it makes it, they heighten everything because why normal news is not fun. Normal life is not fun for them and it doesn't make the money. So they're heightening everything to the extreme, which pushes at both ends. So it's just like, most of us don't even go to those edges. Not at all. But the only thing we have is the media feeding us from both sides. So we're like, well, I guess that must be how it is. I mean, that, I think it's probably part of the problem with the, like people shooting random people in parking lots because they like got in the wrong car. It's like, oh, they're out to get me. It's like, oh, you know, that's it's someone we've all made mistakes. I've gotten in the wrong car. You know, that's so not my Uber. Scared. Yeah. Someone's everyone's so scared of everything and it's just really sad that we're in that it's hard it's hard to think rationally when you're scared i mean yeah like if i get scared i'll get you know uh, very protective and yeah and um you can easily easily spiral yeah for sure if if you if you're just bombarded with it constantly yeah so Hmm. you know i think um you know, just having and going back to the whole Buddhist monk thing, that was so powerful because it really, really says to all of us that you are way more powerful mm-hmm. than you think you are. And if a power structure can't scare you with death, if you're not afraid of death, and that's the thing that they they never really liked about religion. The, the one thing that's religion's great. Um, to get people fighting, but what it's not good for for them is is you know knowing that there's an, a, a place that they go afterwards, right? Or that we or that we don't you know we don't really die; we just continue on. Yeah, yeah. If everybody knows that. How the fuck are you going to scare people? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could never control anybody if everybody was just like, oh, okay, that's cute. You're going to kill me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. That's why. That's what the, I always. No. I'm comfortable. I was like, I'll be back. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I'll come back next so I, three I really years. Think, from now. I, I, I believe. I believe that, and I, I believe that based off of just my own personal experiences. Um, I mean, good, good lord, there's so. I know we got off on the whole. I know it's conspiracy, conspiracy podcast. Oh no, this has been great. Yeah, I can this tell is, you, this is it. This is the big five conspiracy. hours worth of supernatural stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is ridiculous. No, I love this, man. Yeah. Uh, this has been great, man. And this is, we're, I mean, obviously we're going to have you on again because you have all those stories. I would love to hear them all. Yeah. We got to get you in the studio. We got to come down to Atlanta. We're talking to Tom Simmons. And I was like, oh, you remember old Jared Harris? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, you got to get up with that guy. I was like, hell yeah, we do. We need yeah. that fucking. He's like, you guys should do a run of shows with him and just have him on the I pod and do pod. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. I love Tom so much, man. Yeah. He's such a, just a great comic and just a, um, it's a good dude, man. Good dude. Yeah. yeah. You should do his pod, man. Pop up. Do his pod. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he texted me not that long ago. I'm finally getting back into comedy. That's it's great. Just, I've been on this major, major hiatus. I'm finally starting to get back into comedy. Um, uh, 
yeah, so within probably within the month, I should be putting content out again. Finally. Oh, yeah. I'm probably just going to do a lot of content first mm-hmm. and then um, just do some shows here or there. Nice. And not kill myself like I did before with yeah. doing shows. Well, uh, you know, it's hard to figure out when to end something like this, but yeah. uh, we always end kind of with a final thought. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. Okay. And uh, it's sort of my attempt to, again, tie all the loose ends together. I, I, I'm struck by the beginning of the conversation where, we, where you talk about these experiences that you had as a young man uh, into your 20s. Uh, and I think that... It's that reality, right? The reality that, like, given training or or an experience, you can be awakened to a broader sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is exactly what the the power structure that be wants to avoid in a mass way, you know. Because again, if people understand that there is a separate reality, I mean. The easiest analogy is if you unplug someone from the matrix and they realize that like, holy shit, this shit I've been worrying about is such a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's literally what they want me arguing about. Yeah. Then the whole system sort of collapses. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, if, <laughs> if the world could stand somewhere all together and the people that had power and money stood in one group and everyone else stood in the other group, we'd be like, what? Yeah, what are we what doing? We're so much are stronger. We, what, are, what are we doing? Why are we? Why are they in control? Yeah, it makes no fucking sense. Like we could all have a house, we could all have <laughs> yeah, enough food. Yeah, yeah. I know. We could just live a, a pretty subsistent sort of farming lifestyle, and mm-hmm. everyone could just be like, "Yeah, we live in a very simple world, but we're all really happy." And all the modern problems of depression and and addiction, all these things that are like self created, self generated problems. Mm-hmm would start to some sense subside, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to give my thought and then I'll, I'll let you go final, uh, Jared. Uh, I love this too. Cause I think that like, uh, and maybe not awakening, you mentioned it, awakening ourselves mm-hmm. to these realities. I think it's a reawakening because, uh, these are experiences kids have all the time, all the time. Sure. And we're just, sure. oftentimes we forget them. Yeah. Like I have a memory of sleeping on a bed in a, in a, uh, I think it was our grandparents house. I can't remember where it was, but all three of us, uh, kids were floating above the bed playing, like we were asleep on the bed, but we were all playing and like in a, like around like around rosy thing uh, in the air above the bed. And this was not a dream. This was like we were literally, and uh, they don't remember it obviously. But I'm like my my uh, part of my family would like always see their relatives and talk to them. The kids would be like, oh, I'm talking to grandpa. That happens all the time. And like yeah, uh, uh, past lives. That's a common thing. Great. We've talked about this a lot on the pod. A lot of past life experiences and i think we've all had them we just keep you know just keep living our lives and uh but we just keep getting stuck stuck by who are these assholes that keep putting us under their thumb like why do they keep what who are they aliens who are these people why are they different than us and why are they mean i don't like them uh but anyway uh if you can find it in uh your daily life which we all have a hard time especially with a podcast with beer in the name to stop drinking and stop smoking <laughs> as much weed as we do. And do as we say, yeah, not as we do. Focus. Uh, you can actually have these experiences. Like I said, the phase, check it out online. The phase, the Monroe Institute. I've shared all the Monroe Institute um, tapes with you guys. If you want them, I'll share them again. But there are ways to uh, experience what we've talked about. Yeah. And uh, we just got to focus on it. So. 
All right, Jerry, what you got? Well, just to add to what you said, yeah, I'm super glad you did that with the Monroe Institute stuff because very, very useful stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think ultimately, like, uh, yeah, I, I would, you know, I would love to, I would love for more people to experience, have these experiences um, because, yeah, they're so they're so powerful. Uh, I know we didn't get into all of the experiences, but they're powerful and they they give you a, a different perspective and they really kind of truly let you see that you are controlled by 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 fear. Mm-hmm. And um, it's love is a different you know it's a different resonance. It's a different frequency. It's it's um there was a buddy that mine told me told me something that was it's always stuck with me it's like uh you can't be angry and grateful at the same time oh yeah whenever i get angry about something i just immediately uh well i don't i don't i'm not being true when i say it (laughs) i uh i try to remember yeah right to be great to think of the things that i'm grateful for Mm -hmm. because it really truly does it puts you in a different you're just vibrating at a different frequency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so powerful. It's just a really powerful tool to use just that one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped me out a lot. Um, but you know, I, be the first to admit I spiral sometimes and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like this day's like sucks, you know, like yeah. all these crappy things, but it's that one thing that I just try to remember. Um, and man, it helps so much. And, and, you know, hopefully other people, maybe other people can use that because, you know, at the end of the day, we all, I, I feel like for the most part, humans all, we all want the same thing. We just want to be happy, mm-hmm. want to be loved. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful, man. It's, it's powerful. Hate is also very powerful. Yeah. 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 Star Wars but, is so right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we're, we're, uh, we're in challenging times and um, I love just the fact that we can talk about stuff like this because yeah, I think it's important to talk to people Absolutely, not be afraid to talk to people that, who think differently than you, you do. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the only thing I could say to end with. Um, but okay. yeah, yeah this appreciate is... y'all having me on. I yeah. had a good talk. Loved and, it. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. We'll have you again on soon, man. Yeah. Yeah, because I know you got so many more stories, and you're you're always a blast. I'll just froze again. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No, uh, we can, we can we... hear you. So the, let right. me just uh, say, uh, when you uh, do release content coming up soon, where where will people be able to find that? So our listeners can. Uh, will, do you have a Do you have a handle yet for that? A channel. I've got a bunch of pages that. <laughs> I've got a bunch of pages that I haven't posted on in a while. Jared Harris, it's just Jared Harris comedy probably will be the, the okay. page. Okay. It'll be kind we'll, of all the we'll shout it out on our, yeah. on our social feeds oh, and, too. And also quick, tell us about Jared's place. It's a great place that you've built over the years. And I know we have people that uh, would yeah, love to check it to, out. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, we're the first uh, shuttle mountain bike park in Georgia. Um, yeah. Oh, so we shit. just, we have like a year ago, but uh, yeah, if anybody rides mountain bikes or I, I ride but, mountain bikes all the time. Yeah, well, hell yeah, dude! You just you gotta come down. Just let me know when yeah. you want to come. We got camping. Um, 
beautiful. It's like 200, we have 230 acres on the side of a mountain essentially. So, and then we're surrounded by a national forest. So it really feels like you're just, it feels like a vacation, but you're yeah. on hour 20 from Atlanta. Nice. Oh, that's killer. We should come down and do maybe a, a show with you down there. That'd be awesome. I do want to do a show there at some point. Um, yeah, yeah probably would be, I'm thinking like the fall, maybe nice do a, do a show there That'd be uh, great. Probably do in, con- in conjunction with one of the events that we have there. Just, you know, to have a really good, good crowd and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. I've actually done a few shows for the mountain bike community. And oh, cool. it's one of my favorite shows I've ever done. I did them just in the middle of the woods and nice. in the middle of the night. Hell yeah. Uh, killer. Great. Yeah. Well, I'd love to come down and ride mountain bikes, man. It's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Gotcha. I got you covered. We got, we even got rental bikes and stuff too. Like if you're just driving to me, you're like, you know, I don't have my bike. We got helmets, pads, bike, got That's everything killer. for you. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a, it, you have different levels, right? So it's like a ski course. You have black diamond. Yeah. So you have like all type. Is it the same is it moniker? Lift or, yeah. You said lift assist, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have, well, so we do shuttles. Oh, um, shuttles, that's right, yeah. Uh, I wish, I mean, I wish we had a ski lift. That would be amazing. One day. Uh, but insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we do shuttles, and um, they're just, um, yeah, you get on the truck. It's like a flatbed. It's got all these benches on it and, like, a cover uh, over the top of that, so you're kind of in the shade. Killer. And then a trailer would, like, you know, you could put 20 bikes on, and then we drive you up a, the side of a mountain and it's a little sketchy looking at first this truck gonna make it up this hill <laughs> and they always do <laughs> hell yeah and then, then we let you out and then yeah we've got everything from beginner like green beginner trails all the way up to like pro level what's wow. the what's the length of that ride from top to bottom it just depends on how fast you are, which trails you're yeah, on. Yeah. You know, slower riders, probably our longest trail for a slow rider, if you're going from the very top down the bottom, I mean, if you're slow, probably like seven or eight minutes. That's cool. Okay. Kill nice. But yeah, yeah, but the really, really fast riders, you know. They're ripping it. A just a lot quicker, but yeah. yeah. But it's long That's enough. I mean, tr- after – four minutes of doing that kind of oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah you're you're, you're kind of well at least i am anyway my big, wrists yeah are, big yeah, jumps rattled you got big jumps on there and stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah we've yeah. got the biggest jump line in the s- southeast oh, not on killer. the east coast uh there's a bike park up north that's kind of got us beat yeah uh, killer man barely <laughs> we got awesome, the biggest man. jump line in the southeast though amazing well dude i'll definitely come Hell down yeah. that's right up my alley yeah dude you'd love it yeah yeah, well, yeah just give us a follow it's a uh, uh I, my my handle on instagram is jared loves biscuits and then the bike park is jared's place and the reason it. it's called jared's place is because that's literally just what everybody started calling it and <laughs> nice. i wasn't going to change it so i was just like all right we'll we'll just yeah. keep it jared. Hell yeah wow Hell this yeah. is really awesome well, uh, I look forward to seeing you at Jared's place back on the pod and uh, back doing comedy and making content. But thank you for sharing your stories with yeah. us today. It was really awesome. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Thanks, Jared. Thanks. Well, I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, well, thanks. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. As always, we're still Conspiracy Beer Me. I'm Justin. I'm Shane, and this was Jared Harris.